Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hello. Okay, a few announcements that I need to start the episode with for you. A, a bit of housekeeping. As much as for the girlies. One a very boring, annoying courier package is going to arrive at some point during our recording, which I'm just going to have to go and get. Is this my one? No, yours is now coming on like Monday, which what? is why I'm not here. But obviously someone will be here because Kat's sitting Shiva, so you're fine. But why so long? I don't know. Is it from Essence? Yeah. Yeah, that was one because I got a notification yesterday. And, it was and like, I put your number your in. <laughs> Yeah, it was like your essence delivery will come on Monday. And I was like, oh, what did I I'm order? So and then excited. I was trying to figure it out for so long. And um, turns out that it's your present for <laughs> your boyfriend's birthday because we can't have what happened again last year, which is you guys literally sitting in your house all day waiting for it. I think UPS could like literally be the company that sends my mental health over the edge. I think companies need to stop using them is my Yeah, well, my FedEx only is belief. fucking me off today. <laughs> Yeah, because I ordered a very cute, as you know, this time last week when we were going to record the pod, I was asking you whether I should order this very cute pair of sandals in sa- on a sale because everyone's doing their bloody end of season sales. And every time I go to my fucking inbox to do something else, it'll be like now 60% off. And then I find myself deep in the trenches of the sale again of like mm-hmm. any brand, mm-hmm. any website. And I was like, fucking hell. We were trying to do pod research and we were like tapping away and writing and I could just feel the presence of Izzy like singularly staring at an item and you're like can you just look at them and it was a great pair of shoes 
And I guessed the price yes. pretty well, like the RRP. Did I ever tell you that once I went into a cos with Zach and I was like kind of drunk and I guessed every single item's price correctly, like 15 in a row? Oh my God. It was crazy. I have a good instinct for these things. I'm like a mathematical genius with retail. I have a good instinct for picking out, going into like a vintage shop and picking out the single most expensive item in any rack and liking it the most, but without looking at the price. So I'll pick it up and be like, I love this. And then I look at the price and it's like, 650 pounds and everything else is like 100 pounds mm-hmm. my toxic trait but no so then these cute fucking sandals that i bought are now delayed until tomorrow but this really boring um package of basics that i bought from weekday which i was like putting off buying for my whole life because i hate buying shit like socks and just boring vests but like i wear like tank tops every day i think the most yeah I think the most I've ever like agonized over a shopping purchase ever was two tank tops and three bras from Arquette and it cost 79 pounds for the whole order. And I was like, no. And I exited out and I thought about it for days and I was like, I would literally pull the trigger on a 1000 pound fucking single shoe. I know because it's so boring. Um, but yeah, so anyway, I'm going to have to get up at some point. So I had to put pants on for, um, to record the podcast and wearing jeans, but, um, I also have another shopping exciting thing to tell you and the listeners, although I feverishly text you live as it was happening. And that is that I just went and got my nails done. This isn't fun for the listeners, but they look nice. Black, brown, 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 brown is better. Dark brown. And then, and I also hate the nail guy now. He's just, we just have this beef and I just need to stop going to that place because he just doesn't like me. This is actually my conversation point that I wanted to talk to you about on air. Oh my God, tell me. Well, just the same thing. I can't find a good nail person in London. It's been months and months and months and I just got these ones done and I did just normal shellac, got them done through Treatwell and the woman bullied me into leaving her a review and now two of the nails have come off in the first two days on shellac. No. It's actually illegal. I was going to cry on the plane, but what do you do in such a situation? Well, what one woman did in that exact situation today when I was at the nail salon and she just came back in and said, they've chipped, can you redo them? And then they just redid them for free. But I don't know, with Treatwell, with Treatwell, did you, did you, did she come to your house? It's the woman near Buns from Home. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could go back, but I'm currently out of the country. Yeah. So yeah, I anyway got my nails done. This guy doesn't like me. I don't like him, and it's because he like he's the guy. I feel like I've said this on the podcast as well. Where last time I went in there, I didn't really know what I wanted, and I also don't really understand all of the different things you can get. Like with om- when you get ombre nails, you ha- it's like a powder thing that they do, or you can get like acrylic, or you can get yeah whatever gel. I don't know. And so I was like kind of asking him questions and he was just so grumpy with me and there was no one else in the salon. So it's not like he was in a rush and it's not like I needed to hurry up, but, and I, and he just made this supposed to be fun experience, very stressful. And I kept asking him questions and I was like, oh, what do you think? Like basically being like, which one should I do? That's not going to fuck up my nails the most. And he was like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to give you an opinion because if I give you the wrong opinion, and he was like, people usually come in here knowing what they want. And I actually <laughs> had come in knowing what I wanted. Yeah, he's so rude. But they didn't have any of it. I think this might be an, Eng- an English thing. I think it's something that I'm coming more and more to believe is 
because I was at, at a lunch yesterday in London and I've like never had such like bad service I think in my entire life it was like almost comical it was like a Rowan Atkinson in that love actually sketch with the wrapping the necklace oh my like god it was like yes. a 40 minute process to get two drinks and I was like laughing at a couple of points for how long they were taking they would just like saunter over to pick up like one glass and then like look at something and walk and then saunter it was just crazy the British like hate giving service well when we were at lunch on Saturday it was the exact same thing it yeah. was like yes they actually came, annoyed that you're there they actually could say inconvenience yeah, to yeah, their life to serve to like, you when it's their job it's the cutest little lunch and little brunch and op shopping experience and both of us were so ravenous and the woman just would not <laughs> serve us to save our fucking lives I'd asked three different people to like order breakfast and we'd been sitting there for 30 minutes and then they she seemed really grumpy and then you said you were like I know she's annoyed at me but we've been sitting here for 25 minutes I know I was like fuck I don't care at this point she's gaslighting us into feeling guilty for wanting to order food at a at a restaurant I mean it was a gorgeous experience because you let me do my favorite thing in the world which is order an entire breakfast and then pancakes for the table yeah more people should do that I mean it is very filling, but it was fine. Remember when I was like, I'm on the verge of feeling very sick? Yeah, it was very special. But anyway, so then I got the nails done. Then I was walking along, walking home, and I popped into the op shop, which is like one of my favorite little charity shops. It's not a vintage shop. I think there is a big difference, and I have a, a pissed off at all these t- people on TikTok who like – say that they did charity shop or like vintage halls, but they literally go into like actual designer vintage shops that price things at the thousands and then put them up on TikTok. And they're like, I found this jacket or I found this thing. And it's like, of course you're going to find them when you're in a shop and you're dropping like thousands and thousands of pounds. So that's not where I was. I was at like a little charity shop and run in the mill. And I walked in and had a little peruse and within two seconds found A brand new with tags, Paris, Georgia corset top in my size that I had been wanting to buy for like two years. That's really good. I'm like, there's a lot of logistics that I'm confused about. Like, great find. How did a brand new Paris, Georgia top end up in a West London charity shop with tags on? But just don't ask questions, I guess. I was like so scared the whole time that they were going to come and take it off me or be like, You're no, sorry, allowed. we priced it wrong. Or like someone was going to run into the shop and be like, I think someone accidentally donated my new top. <laughs> I don't know. Well, there's there are rumors, I must say. Dua Lipa owns the exact same one in the exact same color. And there are rumors oh, that she lives around here. Near, and I was yeah, like, Dua Lipa. well, I was like, it can't be hers because she wears hers all the time. But it also could be hers if she bought two for different sizings and this one didn't fit her or if she was sent bought one and then got sent one or if like something something could have happened just decided it's hers and then I found a cute little Missoni skirt for 30 quid and that I was doing that thing of like I'm not gonna buy it it's too much money because I was wanting another bargain like the 12 pound Paris Georgia top and then I bought it and then I walked out of the shop and googled it in their 350 quid retail as well what a special day. What a special day. I'm not even going to tell any of you guys where that op shop is. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel bad gatekeeping, but TikTok has like exploded so many of our good spots and now they're just full of kids. 
young kids. I know. And also, like, it's this thing where you want to share... You want to share the places you go, but then it's immediately once everyone starts going and posting it on Instagram, I don't want to go anymore. It's a hard balance because the good places that you recommend are good because people don't go very often, so the good stuff accumulates. Like all the places we think of as good wouldn't be good if every single day 20 people with good taste went in there. They're good because they're kind of hidden bolt holes and then you go in and there'll be like 15 great things because – they're not that populated. So it's a, it's a hard balance to strike. Yes, even with this one, the Paris Georgia top was priced at £12 because it wasn't on the designer rail because they don't know who Paris Georgia is. And I'm like, these are the shops I want to be in. The problem, I think, with secondhand clothes in general, like, you know, you go into – I used to love thrift shopping and I've really just kind of dropped off doing it in general now – because I feel like when you go in, it's all like when I was younger, when I used to go all the time, it was great because a shirt from Maya or Country Road or something from the 90s was made with the quality of like a really good, like a Paris Georgia or something now. And now the op shops are full of like Shein and Zara and H&M, mm, like most of yeah. it, it's crap. And and they're yeah. so aware of what the good quality of the good brands are so they're super marked up and it's like their prerogative because it's a charity but it's just the whole vibe of it's changed and it is interesting how class and privilege plays into it because you do see like we've seen these super rich nepo babies in these thrift shops in west london (laughs) Mm. a few times where it's like great because they love like you were saying with bella hadid right her depop came out and she was buying all this stuff for like 10 pounds which is obviously totally fine and cool but it just means that people are kind of coming in and like fleecing it of (laughs) all of the great stuff well now that vintage has become so like in fashion again I was talking to I went to Nordic Poetry which is a good one in Shoreditch but it's again one of those expensive like proper designer vintage shops where if you're going in there and you're buying something from there and then you're putting it on TikTok and saying you found this at a vintage shop, it, it does not count because they've got – they're so curated and gorgeous and, you know, have the most insane clothes. But I was talking to her about it because I was saying that there's one that's opened in Notting Hill that just charges so, 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 so much money for their pieces that it's kind of like a joke. You'll kind of go in there and peruse and then you pick something up and it's like £4,000. And she was saying it's – she was saying some people are taking the piss, but then it is crazy, the markup now, because so many people are shopping vintage that it's, like, actually kind of screwing them all over in a way. I've just written this piece that's coming out. I actually don't know when it's coming out, but it's about, like, vintage T-shirt collectors and about how – I think what you have now is, like, a generation of millennial or Gen Z people who have, like, a lot of disposable income and aren't saving, so are spending silly amounts of money on – things like vintage clothing and some of the vintage t-shirt dealers I was talking to were saying that you just have there's an inflation of vintage now that doesn't actually make any sense like there was a guy I spoke to who said that I know buying Nirvana shirts is super genre but like 15 years ago you could buy a vintage Nirvana t-shirt for 50 to 100 dollars and now they're going for like five thousand dollars and that's just never gonna that doesn't make any sense. That's not going to retain its value. It's literally just something to exactly. spend money on. It's just ter- like vintage has almost turned into designer because it's people want something one of a kind and bespoke now. It's so funny. Yeah, exactly. That was like when we went into that vintage shop in Paris and there mm. was a, the it wasn't Nick a Nick Cave. It was a Nick Cave Kylie Minogue t-shirt and Izzy saw it first and was like, 
I'm going to buy this for Grace for her birthday. And then I saw it and was like, I don't care how much money that costs. I'm buying it. And then he said, that's 1,200 mm-hmm. euros. So I said, okay, yeah, I'm like leaving. For a t-shirt. For a and, little, yeah, a little band t-shirt. It's so stupid. Yeah, it's so crazy. Evil. But yeah, I've just been getting like increasingly annoyed at these girls on TikTok who post their vintage hauls and they're just obviously so, so, so rich and they're going to, they're buying like vintage Dolce & Gabbana leather motorcycle jackets and then being like, look what I found, but not saying how much they spent on it. And then if they get one thing for two pounds, they'll be like, and it was only two pounds, but they only say that about one thing that was cheap. Totally. So funny. Okay. So should we, since we're talking about fashion, like segue a bit into Glastonbury and Glastonbury fashion? Okay. Love the title. Glastonbury, also known as the 60th anniversary of Soi, capital S. (laughs) Yes. You should have a daughter and name her Soi. Did you feel FOMO for not being there? I do actually, I have to say. This is, I definitely didn't feel it about Coachella, but Glastonbury looks really fun this year. Glastonbury is always very vibey and very fun. And I think that's because it's like I wrote on the dock because I was thinking about how when Coachella happened, we were all kind of talking about, you know, is festival fashion, is the new way to do festival fashion act like you don't care? Because Devon Lee Carlson and Hayley Baldwin and Kendall, yeah, we thought it was like acting like you don't care. People were putting up Instagram captions being like, if you saw me at Coachella, no, you didn't kind of thing because it's like a bit embarrassing to be at Coachella maybe. And then, so everyone was just wearing really, really low key outfits. Um, And then when I was at Primavera and I'm seeing the same thing at Glastonbury, I just don't think it's festivals that are the problem. I think it's Coachella and how chuggy it's become. It's just so commercialized. Like it's just so tied to so many brands and so many branded events and celebrities are jetted in in such a like cynical American money money way that it just feels so tragic and I also feel like I don't know if I'm wrong on this it feels I don't know if you like can't get wi-fi at Glastonbury but it almost feels like Coachella the live feed of on-site content feels constant and at Glastonbury it feels like all the people I know that are there aren't even posting about it well you can get wi-fi but you are camping Mm -hmm. so your phones die yeah basically it feels like it's less of that thing yeah you're just like not really on your phone at all your phone is dead it's like so massive that it's kind of a mission to find people so you're not really on your phone to text it's also just aesthetically like Coachella is set up to be this Instagram backdrop kind of thing and it's really sunny and there's the roller coaster and there's all of those things that people take photos of and with Glastonbury, it's like a big mud pit of literal just people going to music, which makes it so cool. And even just, I was reading this piece on The Guardian that popped up. They were asking Gen Zers why Glastonbury is cooler than ever. And they were all just saying that because it's completely about the music and when you go there, you see, it's it's like, I'm trying to, I don't know the Australian equivalent, but in New Zealand, the equivalent is Splore. And when you go, it's people, it's families, it's kids, it's just mm. all over the show, people just there to enjoy the music, whereas Coachella is very much like one age bracket. Yeah, I think in Australia, I don't know what it's called on the East Coast, but it was called Southbound and we always used to go when we were younger and it was, yeah, so good. So just basically, cool. maybe to start with the fashion, I just, 
I love that all the people that are the Glastonbury It Girls have just stayed the same for like 15 years. So all the pictures are of same. Alexa Chung and Sienna Miller, basically. I just love that they're still going to Glastonbury. That's also just another cool point about it. You, you just, it's not like a festival you go to once and then you never want to go again. Yeah, yeah. I thought Sienna Miller's outfit. I liked her first outfit with the pants. The little oh, I have yeah. like a mental problem with patent leather shoes, like patent leather boots. Yeah. I have a pair, but they're my pet peeve. Mm. Why did you let me buy those ones in uh those Alex studio ones? <laughs> yeah, I guess they're like longer. I'm thinking about the like ankle. I have an issue with all ankle boots. That's I said. Uh yeah. I don't I don't mind like a normal leather ankle boot, but I get what you're saying. But I don't – I really hate, like, what Santa Miller's wearing on the second day. Those patent leather ankle boots are just – they're just my <laughs> – no. They're in the note folder. They're in the note folder. <laughs> I, lo- I love that Ale- Alexa Chung's Glastonbury is just always so correct is all I can say. Yes. It's just so low-key and chill but just, like, perfectly right. And I love her boots. Yes, I love those boots. I also had another very good – with you, when I was with you on Saturday, um, yes, op shop find, and that was a pair of Doc Martin lace up knee high boots, similar to Alexa Trunks, but hers have a heel. They're very chic. Um, do you think she changes out of I, them? Do you think she? Do you think she get? Because I've become more cynical about celebrity stuff. Do you think she knows where the paps are? Dresses up in her like Glastonbury look, and then looks cute, and then leaves and changes into like gum boots and jeans. Yes. I think that she's wearing this for a certain thing she's doing at Glastonbury. So I feel like I don't think she's I don't think she's going to find the paps per se, but I think they're doing something where it's like she's gone to attend like maybe some sort of VIP thing or she's like hanging about with some people for a couple of hours and then she'll go and get changed later because you're definitely not like going in because it gets super muddy i when i was there i don't know it looks kind of okay this year because the weather has actually been fine but when i was there and actually this was i think maybe before they did this like literal ir- irrigation thing in the ground to try and stop it getting so muddy i was like i'm not gonna wear gum boots and then on day two i was like buying gum boots for like five thousand dollars from a pop-up shop at glastonbury <laughs> So yeah, yeah she can't, we you can't really wear those Splendor. shoes. Jim, we like paid all that money to buy Hunter gum boots for Splendor, and it was I so jarred because we didn't need them. Yeah, I sold mine. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to sell them. I thought I'd be able to sell them before um, Glastonbury because I thought some little chuggy would buy them, but they didn't. Little chuggy, you should have gone down and sold them for a markup outside. Kit Harrington and Rose Leslie, they're such parents. random. I, I know. Why is she wearing a Levi's branded shirt? Like, if, if she's not wearing that because she's at an event, that's, like, crazy. I hate his hat. Hats like this on men are the biggest ick for me. What are they called? Just like a – Is it a fedora? <laughs> yeah, maybe. It's on the border oh, of a fedora. I hate it. <laughs> it's one of those ones that's that – it's that deep green color, yes. you know? Even on, on episode one of Everything I Know About Love – Mm-hmm. How Street was wearing that hat. Yeah, it would run it in the other direction. Really makes me upset. I, I don't know. I just hate them so much. 
I used to have one. I did used to did have you? one. Yeah, I had one as well. I, I yeah. left in a taxi in Thailand after I vomited on my own legs in the back of the taxi. <laughs> Mimi Lashiri, Lashiri vibes. Oh, yeah. Okay, I love Poppy Delevingne. Like, Poppy Delevingne is so jarre, and I just – I don't know why. I just warm to her. I feel like she just leans into her own chuginess in a very endearing way, and I just – She's mm. wearing this like silly penny lane coat that I hate, but I just love it on her. She's like a carefree broad. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she looks gorgeous. Iris Law, I'm really going off as a person for no reason other than that I find her a little bit, a little bit try hard. And I know she's young and figuring herself out. I think it's it's like that classic thing of discovering an aesthetic and then having like the financial means to like turn it into your whole personality. <laughs> yes, literally. she seems very like sweet on TikTok, but I yeah I, I agree. It it just always feels slightly like overcooked. Yes, and then um, and then we have Mimi Moocha. Mimi Moocha just yeah. seems like just effort, effortless. Yeah, she's very cute. Although I don't like she's wearing this is Mia Regan, Romeo Bickham's girlfriend, who we talk about far too much. She's wearing a Union Jack top, which I don't really I don't I like it aesthetically, but I don't like Union Jacks as fashion items, I don't think. The message. Yeah. <laughs> she looks like she's walked straight out of the noughties and it just looks very like authentically cute. So Vogue got her to do a piece um, on everything she wore at Glastonbury. And, of course, she said her best bits included a silver vintage miniskirt, a pride tank top by Victoria Beckham. (laughs) Oh, my God. And and the proverbial gun to her forehead. Yeah, but she wasn't wearing it in any of the pics. (laughs) So. (laughs) And in that piece, she says she got changed. They said, oh, where the fuck is it? She got changed like three times in one day. But I guess because she was doing this. I wish Kate Moss went. I know. Why didn't she? Um, oh, actually, maybe this is, sorry. I've She is wearing Victoria Beckham's top. Um, Yeah, I know. Why didn't Kate Moss go? L- L- Lila Moss went. Cute. Lila Moss is growing on me. She's wearing me down with her sweet nature and charm. (laughs) She's jade, but she's she's cute. She went to walk in Jackmas's show Mm. right after Glastonbury. A fun weekend for Lila. Okay, so music wise, I feel like the biggest the biggest thing I really noticed was in terms of like consuming on the news and social media was obviously the fact that the Roe versus like Roe versus Wade being overturned happened during Glastonbury and so many of the artists addressed it in their sets. Um, but I read a great piece on GQ that was basically saying that Glastonbury has this history of being slightly politicized because everyone's phone dies, they can't get good reception, it's a bit all over the place, that there's been these moments in history where the mass crowd at Glastonbury have heard about political news through the stages. So there was a lot of people who found out about Roe versus Wade being overturned because Phoebe Bridges announced it during her set, for example. 
And this GQ piece said that I think um, when Michael Jackson died, that was kind of broken to some people on stage. And there was one other thing that I am struggling to find. But yeah, basically that Glastonbury, they call it like a little city. It's kind of like a satellite Mm. city for a few days. And everyone had this like joint experience of finding out about Roe versus Wade and being kind of fucked and (laughs) high and drunk. And then the musicians. It's a horrible time to find out about that. Yeah. Especially if you're American. I would hate that so much. Also, I feel like we're going to talk about Roe versus Wade, but I'm going to note that on purpose we're speaking about it in kind of a more light way because I just think that it's everyone has seen it. Everyone, it's. I we did know, a big just, thing on it when we've yeah we've talked about abortion rights so many times but I just think that f- for me like I, every time I kind of go on social media or I'll see more news about it or read more about it, it makes me feel really like I felt actually really really down for the past few days mm, and I keep yeah, being like same. why do you feel so down and then I'm just like oh my god obviously this or it will just like pop into my brain at random times and it just makes you feel so depressed so we're going to speak a little bit about it but we want this episode to mainly be your safe space to listen to silly stuff yes so but how good was olivia rodrigo olivia She's rodrigo so, so fucking cute. cute i love her she read out all the names of the supreme court justices who voted it and then in like such a random surreal decision got lily allen to come out and sing fuck you which just felt very sweet and perfect very kind of pea yeah. brain like so, like so kind of i was like oh yeah. okay Okay. She's 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 amazing though. She's like 19 years old and she's making such a big political statement on you know the main stage of one of the biggest festivals in the world and she just she just seems so I don't know, confident and yeah. strong and clever. Yeah, she's she's great. I I mean the Ken, I think the Kendrick one, Kendrick Lamar one was the most I mean, I hate to powerful. say like a man doing it was the most powerful one, but that was just from an artistic perspective was just so incredible, incredibly done. Um, so Lord's to say kind what of, he did for anyone who doesn't know. Oh, uh, so he has this song on his new album where I actually won't remember the wording, but it's basically just saying like when you judge women, you judge God or something. And he just said it. Or he had this huge kind of choir crowd of dancers around him and he just had this crown, this Tiffany and Co crown of thorns on his head and fake blood. And he just started chanting this thing about uh, women's rights. And then he just did it over and over again. And he got more and more aggr- like kind of upset and emotionally he just threw the microphone down and walked off stage and was crying. It was, it's really powerful. Everyone should watch it. I think that's what the festival ended on as well. He was like the main, main, main. Mm. Yeah. Well, one of them. Yeah. So he had that crown on the whole set, and then in that, the crown started bleeding. Our Lord and Savior Kendrick, and then Lord Lords made me laugh because it was just a bit like it was a sujado, but it was funny. What did you do? The song on her album "Secrets from a Girl," where it's like "Secrets from a mm-hmm. Girl." <laughs> yeah, she like changed one of the lyrics to say "fuck the Supreme Court," like in that little song. <laughs> just made me laugh I love her it's just no yeah I was like embarrassingly on the elliptical and I was really bored and so I just started watching her Glastonbury's kind of annoying because they're only up they upload the best the way they cut the videos together for YouTube they do it in such an insanely cool way but they only upload a couple of songs from the sets um and so I was trying to watch her set like a big old chug and could only watch 
that one nail salon song with Arlo Parks. Oh, nice. And she's blonde now. Wait, I just found this bit in our notes. So Kendrick said, they judge uh, Godspeed for women's rights. They judge you. They judge Christ over and over again. And then <laughs> the GQ like reviewer that was there said, the 100,000 strong crowd listens intently wrapped. I felt my hands rise and my fingers click in support. <laughs> yeah that's a guy i was like this is so genre like don't write over that. and over i felt my fingers click in support i felt my hand rise my fingers click in support that's like the new ick the di- um wiggling the finger <laughs> the wiggling the fingers, clicking to abortion rights oh no it was a girl still the ick oh really still genre still genre Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. What else did you notice? Um, apparently, Gorgi Charlie XCX also slipped something into her song. She was on at the same time as Kendrick, which is illegal, obviously, for like crowd control measures. But I mean, obviously, I would have gone to Kendrick, but it's still just. Yeah, I would have been so disappointed if I was her. Yeah, I would have been disappointed if I was her and I would have been disappointed if I was me because I would have wanted to see them both. Okay, so the only thing I'm interested, as we just said, we don't want to do a deep dive on Roe versus Wade at all because it's obviously just fucked, but I wanted to talk to you or we wanted to talk about the iconic Lauren Santo Domingo tweet. Did you – when I saw this, I I think I literally screamed out loud. I was like, this is fucking crazy. Yeah. So she, what did she say? Ivanka Trump, you're, you're silent. You're like markably silent today, but the high school friends who took you to get an abortion aren't. Yes. So Lauren Santo Domingo is a former American Vogue editor who married a South American like oil mogul and now is just this kind of fashion socialite fixture who runs Moda Operandi. She's very chic. And her initials are LSD and her Instagram is like the LSD. (laughs) She's quite iconic. (laughs) And she went to high school with Ivanka Trump and kind of has been friends with her for years. And her LSD, Derek Blasberg and Ivanka Trump were kind of a bit of a clique with Carly Kloss. Um, I'm assuming that might even be how Carly Kloss was introduced to her husband. 
But basically with all of the Black Lives Matter and January 6th stuff, Derek Blasberg, Carly Kloss and Lauren Santo Domingo were like super criticized online by people saying that they hadn't kind of broken, like cut ties with Ivanka publicly enough, which I understand would be really difficult if it was your friend. It's just like a shitty situation. But this tweet when Rory was overturned was so gnarly and she deleted it really soon afterwards. I don't know if she regretted it or if she got like a legal letter, probably both. <laughs> Did she? I didn't even know she deleted it. She deleted it like a, like one person got a screen grab that was then shared everywhere and she hasn't kind of referenced it again. And I've even noticed that a lot of news outlets haven't covered it, like the ones that have a really random and small. So I do feel like there's just been this concerted effort to like – kill the story but celebrities were sharing it around Bette Midler shared it which I love and Leslie Arfin and some other um like lefty celebs but it obviously created this conversation where at first everyone was saying fuck yeah go LSD that's so iconic um which was my first thought because it's basically just showing how hypocritical all these kind of right-wing people are but then yeah exactly when everyone got serious, they were just saying it's quite fucked up to out your friend as having had an abortion without their – like, I know it's a really fraught and loaded thing, but I do feel like maybe that's it's probably not good. <laughs> I know. I feel like it's weighing up. It's kind of weighing up. Like, I do think she obviously has known about that for a long, 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 long time and has kept silent. And then now it's like when the when something happens that is this huge and detrimental to, like, the lives of so many millions of women and girls, she's probably just – she was probably just like, this is more important because it will make such an important mm-hmm. st- stand or, like – it does show so much. Um, Doug Ducey, who is the fucking governor of Arizona, put up a tweet saying, I'm proud that Arizona has been ranked the most pro-life state in the country. Here we will continue to cherish life and protect it in every way possible. And then a girl wrote, your son made me take plan B after we hooked up, but carry on. <laughs> oh my God. Lo- I love the internet. Yeah, because I'm just like, these things are important. I know. That's how I feel as well. And I do think there's this feeling at the moment of the left kind of feeling sick of being there. Nice guy. We go high. Playing by the rules party. Like, I think we're like, everything's just got so fucked up that maybe we don't need to follow these rules of like (laughs) niceties and doing the right thing because you, the right, haven't. And look how much ground they're making and Ivanka like I don't want to go into my like anti-Ivanka thing because I it's right for people to say have you been commenting on her Instagram again (laughs) saying you are embarrassing yeah I know she's been (laughs) fucking silent except she posted all of these heinous pictures of herself in like a Carolina Herrera outfit perfectly manicured and blow-dried with all of these Ukrainian refugees I was like can you leave them alone like the last thing they need is to be dragged into your Instagram pictures right now you sick fuck. <laughs> oh my god. She's like, you can have dinner in a coloring fuck. book for your child if you take a picture with me. What's wrong with her? She wants to be president. Wait, you were saying you don't want to get into your anti-Ivanka stuff again, but Oh, uh, but I just think it is <laughs> like And then you like deferred off and ended up calling her a sick fuck. 
<laughs> and then it, forgot it, what you were saying. It is just that thing where so many, I think something like 17% of Americans are anti-abortion. It's like a tiny portion of the country. And yet all of yeah, these. Yeah, there's never been more like support for abortion ever. Ever. It's And yet you have these people like the Trumps who are old school lefty New York could not give like be less aligned with this right wing thing who are basically just leaning into it because it's what's going to get them power and money and influence. Yeah, like, like could not despicable. give less of a fuck about people yeah. getting abortions. Would have probably like paid for yeah. women to get abortions in the How past. How many abortions like, would Donald Trump have had paid for? Made on his own? women have. God yeah, knows. I know. I always think as well. It's funny the conversation. About it all because I just think about like how I know that men, I know there's always a, a focus on how little men are saying right now, but I also do think like they genuinely wouldn't even think about the fact that because I know so, so I know so many women who have had abortions. I'm like <laughs> shocked and surprised I haven't. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, but who will all be thinking about that right now? And thinking about how lucky they were to have had the access and how fucked up, like how just how stressful and scary and crazy this is for these women, especially women um, working class and black and POC people in those states. But I'm just kind of I was thinking about how little I think men would have actually put themselves in that position like we were like we do, because it's like. All of these women I know who have had abortions had abortions because men impregnated them. So these all of these men would be fathers right now. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if they would be thinking, "Oh, I would have I would have like a twelve year old son or daughter right now if my like high school girlfriend hadn't been able to get an abortion." Exactly. And how many of them actually even know that abortions yeah. were had? You know, it's like, but a, just- a lot would, and I just doubt they would have even like even cared. Thought about yeah, that. exactly. Yeah, or not care, but just have we i think put ourselves because we're women like we can so easily put ourselves in that situation but it's just like they kind of are like oh that's a sad that's a sad and horrible thing to have happened to you guys <laughs> it's like also you guys like yeah it always just, just like, falls back onto women to deal with it there's a good yeah. netflix documentary i started watching yesterday that kind of charts this is the thing with the right wing that you have to kind of not necessarily respect them for but give them credit for is when Roe was over like when Roe came in in 1973 these fucking loons have sat and worked on this for 50 years like they've got this full everything that's happened in the last 30 years they have strategized down to the letter and planned and executed and then someone was saying that Nancy Pelosi like read a poem when Roe was overturned and it's like just stop stop being so embarrassing and just be normal a poem like how they all wore the kenti cloth after george floyd was murdered it was so bad oh my god i mean obviously america is very fucked and i think we're very lucky we don't live there but at the same time i've just seen these really interesting infographics being shared on instagram about like the support of like pro-lifers in new zealand so for example apparently 64 percent of the national party um voted well, sorry, not apparently. This is a stat. 64% of the National Party voted against decriminalizing abortion. And the leader of the National Party says abortion is murder. This is in New Zealand. Um, National MP Simon O'Connor posted to his Facebook that today is a good day after Roe v. Wade was overturned. 
And mm-hmm. right now, National is the highest polling party in New Zealand. It's really scary because America always – what's the thing I heard someone say the other day, like America sneezes, the rest of the world catches a cold. It's like America is so influential on the way the rest of the world do things that like so many of these super conservative groups will feel so emboldened and will start lobbying and playing this political game, you know, taking it as the textbook. Like nothing – it kind of just shows you that nothing – we shouldn't take any of the hard-won things that we've started to take for granted over the last 15 years for granted because um, things can just change so quickly. We all need to unionise. <laughs> unionise. Women of the world. I know. I don't really know what the answer is i mean the i mean we won't get too deep into it but the left have a lot to answer for because they've had 50 years to pass a federal <laughs> law to enshrine right to abortion and just haven't yeah. done it so there's yeah some, we've said so many times that roe v wade is like this very kind such of such a shaky yeah yeah bill anyway okay on to wait what would you rather talk about dakota johnson's like maybe vanity. dakota johnson <laughs> Yeah, Do you Dakota think Johnson. More fun. Well, I was going to say either Dakota Johnson or Brad Pitt's GQ, but whatever one we don't talk about, let's just talk about in Patreon. I know less about the Brad Pitt. I just saw the TikTok. I haven't read enough about it. So oh, okay, yeah. Dakota Johnson now and Brad Pitt tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so on to everyone's favorite Nepo baby, Dakota yes. Johnson. Yes, correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who has just been on the cover of Vanity Fair? I actually haven't re- looked at the photos or anything, They're but boring. I've read the interview. They're so boring. Yeah, Even right. the inter- yeah, I mean, actually, this can be maybe something we talk about at the end or at the start. But like, I was just reading this cover interview and thinking about how this kind of format for getting to know a celebrity feels is just starting to feel a bit like antiquated. Yeah, I wrote that at the end of. On our doc, I find it crazy that writers spend so much time with these interview subjects and still kind of get nothing. I was like, this is it's an interesting read because Dakota Johnson is just an interesting person. I feel like I would read a fucking novel about what she eats for breakfast. Mm -hmm. But the this person was saying that they spent like four had four or five separate interviews with Dakota. One was like as she was getting ready for the Met Gala. One was a couple of days later. One was at her house in Malibu that she shares with what's-his-face, Chris Martin. These guys talked and talked and talked and got to know each other for months. And the biggest, I think the biggest tea out of the entire interview was when she finally talked about Fifty Shades of Grey. But that's been kind of rumoured for years anyway. And it was so carefully PR-y done that it actually ultimately felt like she didn't really say anything, even though they framed it as her saying a lot. And it, like you say, it was the most right. interesting part yeah. of the interview, but it was still the interview. Didn't, I think this is something I've been noticing in general, in magazine journalism especially now, is that celebrities just have so much more power because they have, I don't know, if they want to tell – and it's fair enough. Like it's the way journalism used to go after celebrities was to try and trick them into saying something they didn't want to say or – catching them off guard and then it was on the record they couldn't revoke it and I think celebrities are so Mm. much more sophisticated now but they also have they can launch their own podcast or they can post on IG live or they can post on Instagram 
a direct thing saying something exactly how they want to say it. So like a magazine interview is just no longer the place if they did want to say anything interesting that they would bother saying it, I feel. Like it always just feels like they're going through the motions. Well, they're also she's only they're only ever doing it usually either because it's a contractual obligation to a film, which is what she's doing, mm-hmm. or a contractual obligation to a brand. Yes. Because you're an ambassador for them. Like it's not like that she's choosing to be on the cover of Vanity Fair because she wants this guy this person not this guy, this person to follow them around. It's even like the British Vogue Beyonce cover. I think Beyonce is really like um led the charge on this. I think that September issue where she basically art directed the issue and re- refused to give give an interview like four or five years ago with American Vogue mm. was such a turning mm-hmm. point because it just showed that celebrities now have more power than those titles. And the fact that Beyonce was on the cover of British Vogue but refused to give an interview and their cover story was the editor like listening to her album is so insane when you really Did think she about actually it. refuse to – oh, my God, I thought that – was that the entire interview? That's that the cover online? story. Is him listening? Him oh listening, going to my. and listening to the album and writing about what the cover shoot was like. Yeah, she won't give interviews to magazines. Oh my god! I thought that I had just read the first half and was like waiting for the rest of no. it. But I haven't obviously bought the magazine. I was. Just I like, think what you thought was it cutting off was the whole piece. It was like a little oh eight hundred word piece about him getting to listen to the album and what the shoot was like because she won't do interviews, and it's just. Even like the, and I think the thing is now that people are so obsessed over celebrities that like the Rihanna pregnancy cover, the piece was cute, but it didn't exactly like this. You got nothing really out of it. (laughs) Maybe that's Mm -hmm. always been true. I don't know. But you just kind of got the vibe that the the interviewer likes Rihanna and that they're kind of friends and it was fun for them to hang out. Like that was what I remember more than like just a couple of cute things. I mean, I I guess in their defense and specifically Vanity Fairs, they were the publication that broke that, that, like that Grimes interview was very good where they broke that Grimes actually had a second kid with Elon Musk because the interviewer heard a baby crying and Grimes and was like, what's that? And Grimes was like, oh, fine, I've had another kid. What? And that's how that was broken. Yeah. I missed this like whole six. thing. I thought we talked about it on the pod. This when is like was this? four months ago. So how they've had, how they have two children now, you know that, right? No, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. So, and then you know how she's dating Chelsea Manning? Yes. So the the Vanity Fair cover i think came out and in it was like surprise grimes has two kids they had a second kid a daughter via surrogate like ages ago and no one knew and they found the vanity fair person found out because they were in grimes's house and heard the baby crying and then that broke and came out and then literally and in that piece grimes was talking about oh grimes had to be like oh yeah well me and elon are back together because no one even thought they were together me and Elon back together, we've had, like, this other kid and we're going to have, like, two or three more kids. And then the next day it was like, oh, no, wait, Grimes is dating Chelsea Manning. It was, like, this crazy affair of things. Wow. Because and the, that's, and and the that's, time that it took for the interview to come out, she had, like, broken up with Elon Musk and started dating Chelsea Manning. Right. This uh, Probably because she knew it was going to come out and, like, ruin all her popularity. But Grimes, yeah. Grimes seems like a different beast to other celebrities where she just seems so kind of chaotic that she would just be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. the baby, whoops. <laughs> yeah. I liked 
uh, Dakota Johnson, I just always like hearing about her talking about her mum and her grandmother, even though it's not anything particularly new. So as I think people know, her mum is Melanie Griffiths from Working Girl, or she did a lot, but that's her most famous movie. And her grandmother was Tippi Hedren, who was in The Birds and... Alfred Hitchcock famously like tortured her grandmother on set and kind of ruined her career. And Dakota talked about how Hitchcock sent her mother, Melanie Griffiths, a coffin with Tippi Hedren, her mother's mother, in it as a gift so one year. Fucked so fucked up he's and just weird. Like a sick fuck, I had yeah. to reread that like three times. I was like, what what the fuck are they saying? That's crazy. So yeah, I always find that stuff really interesting. And then yeah, I thought the Fifty Shades stuff was was it was kind of juicy, I guess, to get a bit more behind the scenes. Yeah, so she was basically saying that as it's been widely rumored, because it's like Dakota Johnson is this incredible actress. She kind of picks more sort of indie roles. She's like Thank, I can't believe she actually managed to kind of position herself after that even, mm-hmm. after that franchise came out. Because when the movie came out, she so clearly – I mean, in the movies, you could tell she had absolutely no chemistry with um, Jamie Dornan. <laughs> like, they because they obviously looked like they had guns to their heads doing that film. And then I heard, like, years ago that basically she signed on to do a really art house version of the books. And she was like, oh, my God, this is going to be so amazing and so cool. And then – she basically confirmed that in this piece and confirmed that the book's author, who literally can't write, so obviously can't <laughs> fucking make a movie, was just, like, completely ruined everything, essentially, and, like, rewrote the whole thing. And and it was, like, the most stressful so – she called it a psychotic experience. So crazy. Because they got Patrick Marber, who's, like, this cool playwright – I didn't know that – to come in and – write the script the idea was to take the books and turn it into these yeah like art house sexy like whatever and sam taylor johnson who i know everyone has like mixed feelings about because she's married to aaron taylor johnson and they met when she was like 42 and he was 18 or whatever she directed the first one and she's a very like artistic art trained director and i remember hearing that and thinking it was going to be really good and it was it was the movie was garbage so yeah, then she walked sense. out. How disappointing for everyone to get on board being that excited about doing something and then to have like a tyrannical writer who, <laughs> not to be rude, but mm-hmm. like accidentally staggered into global fame. Yeah. Ruin it. And then Dakota said like she just said she was 20, I don't know what, how old she, she said she was, 23 maybe, mm-hmm. and had signed this huge contract and was just felt her like just her heart dropping. She was like, what the fuck have I gotten myself in for? Like, that's quite crazy. And she kept being like, I don't want to say too many bad things about it because obviously, you know, they would have made so much money from it and it really made them super famous. But basically she was saying, I don't think it's a matter of regret, but if I'd known at the time that that's what it was going to be like, I don't think anyone would have done it. Mm. <laughs> crazy. Very interesting. But, yeah, she's she's cool. I like her a lot. I'm gonna. I'm excited to watch Persuasion. We can do a review on the pod when it comes out. It looks. When good. does it come out? I think maybe the next couple of weeks, like early July. Oh, can we go together? It's a Netflix movie, so I have to watch it together. Ugh. We'll have a little jade sleepover and watch it on the projector. Whatever happens to good old cinemas? I want to go to the movies and watch it. Every time I look at what's on at the movies, it's like the Minions movie. 
like Thor 7 Elvis, which I actually love Baz Luhrmann, but I, I just do not. Elvis. Do you want to see it? I've, I've, I've been turned off by the reviews. Oh, I've seen no reviews. Also, have you seen how everyone's like mocking Austin Butler? Cause he like hasn't got out of character, but they finished filming like 18 months ago <laughs> and he keeps talking Jada. like Elvis. Jado. Um, okay. Bye girlies. Bye girlies. Bye. Bye. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.